It's the TEH Podcast, episode number 93. I'm Leo Notenboom of askleo.com. And I'm Gary Rosenzweig from macmost.com. So it's been another interesting week sheltering here at home. How about you, Gary? The same here. We're now in the, the mask era. We have to wear a mask. We're supposed to wear a mask when we go out here in Colorado. Yep, yep. Same here. So I've opted for the bandana cowboy style. So we actually got a uh, an actual surgical cat uh, of of surgical masks, and I actually wore one of those out today. But when I went to get lunch, what I'll be talking about shortly. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. It was interesting the other day. Uh, we it's funny. We do actually did have a couple of N95, the super good ones, um, squirreled away just for emergencies, like like one does or one should. Certainly not enough to uh, to make a difference to. Uh, like it's not like we had a box of a hundred to go yeah. to go. You probably had them for like construction stuff, right? Um, or um, kind of, yeah. Uh, smoke is the big thing here. Wildfires when they sure. happen. Oh yeah, that, um, there's another good. They're, they're handy to have for that kind of stuff. Um, but I actually wore one to the grocery store a couple of days ago, and at first it just feels really, really weird. Right. It's it's like mm-hmm. you, you walk into the store and you feel like you're 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 you stick out like a sore thumb. And then you realize that while it's certainly not everybody, there's like a quarter of the people that were at the store were wearing masks of various of uh, various flavors. And as soon as that happens, as soon as you see that, it's like, okay, yep, yep, this is the new normal. Um, and you don't feel awkward at all anymore. Uh, the biggest problem I have with masks now is that the the surgical style uh, caused my glasses to fog up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I felt weird for, well, I, I spent hours thinking about the fact that I was going out to pick up pizza for dinner. You know, it's about a two block walk to a pizza place mm-hmm. and, you know, for pickup. And that's what our plan was. And okay. The governor just said, wear a mask. So got a bandana, tried it out. And then I felt really weird leading up to going out like, Oh, this is going to be strange. Mm-hmm. And I put it on and I felt really weird. And I stepped out the door and I took about three steps and the weirdness went away. I don't know why, but it just suddenly, I just felt totally fine walking around. I mean, maybe it's because I'm in Colorado and, you know, I kind of keep thinking that 150 years ago, <laughs> if I had been walking down the same street, you know, here at downtown Denver, uh, I, I, if the bandana wasn't covering my mouth, it would have been hanging just below my chin, you know, in case the dust kicked up or something. Right, right. So, you know, there's the whole cowboy thing. And I joked that, you know, I'm either going to pick up a pizza or rob a stagecoach. One of the, you know, <laughs> I'll see, I'll see how it goes. Somebody uh, did suggest that you not wear masks when you go to the bank. You know, that's a bad idea. <laughs> well, yeah, but you, if you, if you ever wanted to wear a mask going into a bank, now's your time, yeah, you know, I guess. you could totally do it. I guess. Um, but, uh, you know, and of course, it, it's weird. Sometimes I'll look at my busy street and I'll see people, like I'll see lots of people with masks. Like, oh, everybody seems to be wearing a mask. And then there'll be a period where I'll notice like 10 people go by, none of them wearing masks. And, what, what's uh, interesting yeah. to me is, and I noticed this actually as I was, uh, you know, running around today, um, or people that were, you know, nobody around for like, hundreds of yards, right? It's, I mean, there's just nobody around. It's like an empty neighborhood and they're wearing a mask. And that's one of those cases where I'm not sure there's a point. For example, yeah. like, like I did, and I'll talk about this in a second. I, I did go out to get lunch today and, uh, but I drove 
but I didn't put my mask on until I was about to come into contact with people. Right. Um, because that's, you don't need to wear it driving. You don't need to wear it driving. <laughs> and I don't think you need to wear it walking down the street unless you're going to be in or, you know, unless it's a crowded street, which there shouldn't be right now anyway. Yeah. Um, so, so, but, but to be fair, I mean, I'd rather have people wear them too much uh, right. than not enough. And certainly the argument can be made that uh, if you're, if you wear it all the time, when you walk into a place that has people that you didn't expect, um, you're prepared. Well, yeah. And there, I mean, there's two main reasons to wear, uh, you know, in a, I, I live in the city. So, you know, of course it's much more likely I'm going to bump into people uh, as we're walking around. Uh, so two reasons to wear it all the time from the moment you step outside um, is uh, number one, that you don't know, I could turn the corner, right? right, right. And nobody around and I turn the corner and all of a sudden somebody, you know, comes out of their gate or whatever. So, and the other thing is, of course, you're not supposed to be touching the masks, right? You know, the idea is that you're creating this danger zone kind of right in front of your face of right. the other side of the mask. And uh, so the idea is that you put it on and you only take it off. When you take it off, you're taking it off by your ears or, you know, around the back in case of a bandana. And mm -hmm. then it goes immediately into being laundered or cleaned or whatever. The idea is don't touch the mask. Right. Um, so if you go out and you could say, well, I could just put it on when I see somebody coming um, or I'm about to walk into the store and then about to leave, then you know that's not good because you're touching the mask. Now, in the case where you're driving somewhere, you certainly could not put it on until you actually arrive at your destination. Right, right. And which then is exactly what I did. Right, and when you're back in the car, you know, that's it, I'm done. Uh, you know, the next time I get out of my car, I'll be in my garage or whatever. So you can take it off. But walking around's a little tougher. Yeah, you know, I don't know when I'm going to need it. So you just put it on, leave it on. and then The other argument for leaving it on, of course, is that it prevents you from scratching your nose. Yes. <laughs> prevents you from touching your face. And it reminds um, people to the six feet Right. Rule or, or right. It's, you know, it's more like 10 feet now I, I'm reading, uh, you know, is people tend to forget. I really do think a lot of it's that I hear a lot of people complaining right. in our neighborhood about somebody that didn't get out of the way as they were walking or whatever. And, um, and I, I think some of that is just people, it's so easy to go out and just forget. Right. But when you see somebody walking towards you and they're wearing a mask, it's a nice visual signal to be like, oh yes, World pandemic. I should yep. make sure one of it, you know, I should go to the right side of the sidewalk. They go to the left side of the sidewalk. We give ourselves each other six feet and we're good. So that's another, another good reason yep. for it. I did want to mention actually going out to get lunch today. <clears throat> um, one, I do want to, and I know you just, you said you did this by walking a couple of blocks. Um, those local eateries, man, they are hurting. Uh, hurting bad right now. Yeah. So to the extent that you can, I certainly want to encourage people to do what they can to uh, to patronize with takeout or pick up uh, uh, their their local restaurants and others. The, uh, the place that I went to is actually uh, co-owned by a friend of mine. And uh, so I actually, you know, get a little bit more behind the scenes of what's going on there. And yes, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see who survives the next few uh, the next few yeah. weeks and or months. I did go there. Um, it was basically a pickup. They've converted. It's it's a beer bar and tap room. They they actually serve food, and they've actually shifted uh, to increasing the size of their food service menu. And um, A, it's really, really good. Uh, but um, at the same time, of course, I also filled up a growler full of beer. But the, uh, 
uh, you know, it's, it's an opportunity to, to spend some money locally and help these folks hopefully stay afloat. The reason I mention it um, in a tech podcast is, of course, they had a website. They have a website. Um, no reason I shouldn't mention them. It's thirstyhop.com. They're out here in, in Kirkland, uh, not far from me. And they, uh, they have a website which normally has their, their current tap list and you know, events going on and those kinds of things. They were able to really quickly pivot. And I think that this is serving them really well. They were able to, uh, they found uh, apparently a WordPress plugin of all things that allowed them to almost immediately add online ordering. Uh, they don't take payment online, so it's still based on, you know, you go there and pay. Whether you stay in your car and they deliver it to you or you uh, walk in the, uh, the otherwise empty storefront and uh, run your card through a, a very well-isolated card reader. Uh, but the bottom line is that they didn't have to worry about payment processing online, which is, as you know, is one of the bigger aspects of putting something together online. So they were able to find a, a WordPress plugin that just quickly allowed them to put up a, a fairly impressive menu online, let people order, have the food be ready when they got there. I just thought it was, again, another another example of uh, tech innovation in a crisis, right? It's it's uh, it's one of those things where people are pivoting and able to be a little bit more nimble than they otherwise would have been, and hopefully, like I said, survive survive the crisis. Yep, indeed. So yeah, we've been trying to eat out by di- by ordering in at least right. twice a week, sometimes three. Um, and my daughter works at a pizza place, that same pizza place I went to pick up, and they mm-hmm. do they stop deliveries. Um, mm-hmm. just cause it was just getting too hard to figure that out. And so they just said, we'll be open, open for pickup and they've been really busy, but yeah. they were already well positioned. They have, they had no dine in, you know, there is no way to eat there. It's, it was pickup and delivery before. Right. So they're not, they didn't have any wait staff to, you know, they had a, you know, layoff or anything like that. Um, they didn't have, you know, the typical things you would need to be able to serve people at tables and stuff. So really well suited for that. Um, and uh, now people ordering at home, I mean, pizza is like one of those things you just can't easily make at home. You know, you want to make yourself a plate of spaghetti. Okay. You want to cook a chicken and, you know, put a chicken breast in the oven. Okay. But you're not going to go make a pizza. Right. right. You know, so, so you order pizza. So they've, their business has been doing well. Um and uh, which is good because, uh, you know, it's it, she's been picking up a lot of hours there because uh, her other friends, uh, who some of them, them are a little younger than her, are not, um, their parents have told them that they can't work there anymore during the uh, stay in. They don't feel so they're comfortable. Co- they're concerned about the illness? Yeah. And I think some of that, ha- some of those may, they may be more contact with older folks. Oh, right. Maybe right, right, multi-generational right. in the house. Yep. Yep. And so they just didn't want their kids doing that. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, we haven't, we thought about it and really, you know, it's like, well, I mean, people got to work at grocery stores. They got to work at places that deliver food to people and stuff like that. And they wear, they're, they're making them wear gloves and they wear masks and wipe down the, you know, the pens and the credit yes. card checkout scanners and all that stuff. Yep. So it's been, uh, it's been, uh, yeah, it's been good. It's and it's a way for one of us at least to get out of the house uh, for <laughs> a legitimate reason. The uh, 
the pizza place that we order delivery from here periodically, they are still delivering, but they did uh, institute or make available, I should say, it's at the the customer's choice, what they call touchless delivery. And uh, they did that last time. It was last week sometime I ordered some pizza. And all they do is they put the pizza boxes down in front of the door, ring the doorbell, and then take about 10 steps back. Uh, And then, uh, oh, and they leave the, the credit card receipt for you to sign on top of the box. So, um, you know, I sign it, uh, take my pizzas and I leave the slip of paper Ooh, on the ground nice. and then he comes yeah. back up. So it actually works out really well. And same thing. I mean, it's good pizza. It's, it's, it's amazing right now. Um, I mentioned in another venue uh, that you're in that, um, you know, today kind of a, one of those days where things aren't really feeling all that great just because of all this stuff going on. Mm. Pizza is a wonderful comfort food. <laughs> it just it is. is. <laughs> it just is. So, um, you know, hats off to all the pizza folks that are out there cooking it and delivering it and, and helping some of the rest of us to weather yeah. this, uh, this storm. So, so yeah, support your local pizza place, your local tavern, your local restaurant, your local whoever. Um, they will, uh, they will, uh, hopefully that will help them all survive. Yeah. So speaking of surviving, um, the, the comment that I made to, made to you before this is that everybody and their brother seems to be doing a streaming something or other. Um, mm. And the, the thing that just made the, the, you know, was the tipping point for me to realize just how pervasive this had become uh, is that the blood bank that I donate at periodically, they have a podcast every now. I mean, they've had it apparently for a few weeks, but everybody seems to be getting into doing a podcast. The, the blood bank has one. The, the folks that I bought my new computer from, they have one now. Um, obviously, you know, we kind of think that podcasts are kind of cool because we're sitting here recording one, but we've been at this for three years. It's, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, it's, it's for whatever reason, we are in a new golden age of streaming media. And I think that uh, as weird as it is to say it, the coronavirus has kind of sort of helped cement that, don't you think? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, the the range now is incredible in terms of people producing one person shows. It's not always exactly one person. <laughs> it's one person at a time, kind of like because you have the major names, like the major you know late night talk show hosts, for instance. Right. I've been enjoying watching their shows. Right. Yeah, they've done some interesting stuff. Yeah. And they're basically producing, you know. Uh, I mean, they have some support, right? So they're, they, they've got their, in many cases, their iPhones, right? They're using their iPhones to do this. And they're at home. They have their kids, their spouses, uh, you know, holding the iPhones, uh, you know, just helping out because they can't have any staff there at all. There's no personal assistant. There's right. no production assistant, nothing. Now, of course, for them, you know, that, that video feed then can go to somebody else who's at home who can then maybe put that together with some other footage and uh, do some things with that. So they have a little bit, they're a little right. more sophisticated. Something some that can, somebody that can add the B roll and the, t- and lead in music and all that. And, kind of and stuff. edit yep. it yep. and, yep. you know, do a little thing, but it's not that far really from like what I do on my show and what tons of YouTubers have been doing for years. Right. Who, and who 
just been doing all that stuff on their own because I'm watching these shows and with my eye, I'm keeping a careful look at like, okay, so here's Stephen Colbert or here's uh, you know, Jimmy Fallon and I'm going to watch the show and let me mark in my mind anything that I couldn't do. If, if I was that person, like what could I not do because I don't oh, right. have the staff? Sure, sure. And there's really not much. Every once in a while, like Colbert will have like a little comedy uh, music thing at the beginning. And I'm like, oh, okay, so there was a, a writer or two involved there and somebody was singing this and then they mm-hmm. put it together. That's a little, that would have taken me like all day and I, would, I have to find somebody to sing it because I can't. But, you know, for the <laughs> most part, the bulk of the show in all these cases is something right. that anybody could do at home. And people have been doing for a long time, uh, you know, with some YouTubers and, and such. And other people are joining in. Like I know, uh, you know, uh, John Krasinski, you know, the yes. actor and, and yes. filmmaker. Uh, you know, he's he's on episode two of his own homemade talk show that he's been putting together. It's some a good, good news. news talk show on YouTube yeah. of some sort. Yeah, I haven't Miley seen Miley Cyrus yet. started early, like really early in this whole thing, just doing it daily. You know, I missed uh, that one. <laughs> uh, you know, during the day and just at right. interviewing celebrity guests, her friends, celebrities, and and just talking. And it's basically like a daytime talk show, but she's just doing it herself. Right. Um, so I think it, it, it's a really interesting time. And it, and it is an interesting level playing field where the only difference between them doing their show and like me doing my show and another YouTuber doing their show is like your level of, you know, your pre-existing audience. It's interesting because we also um, were big fans of uh, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver yeah, yeah. On, on HBO. And the uh, last, I think, three episodes he's had to do from his home. And now he actually went through the trouble of setting something up so that he's on uh, what for his show is a fairly, um, uh, it's a fairly clean look, right? He's got a a, a white background and he's sitting in front of a table and, you know, speaking to the camera as he does on the real in-studio show. The big difference, of course, is there's no studio audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, but same thing. I was looking at a lot of the um, the effects and the transitions and the things that they do uh, throughout the show. And you're right. They're nothing that um, that you or I couldn't do in whatever video editing software we happen to have. The thing that sets all of these things apart, and this comes back to something we've been talking about for years for content creation, is the content. It's it's great. He looks polished, but he still has good content. And the same is true for these late night hosts. They've got their content. Um, they know how to tell a story. They know how to entertain the audience, whether there's an audience in the room or not. And it's uh, it's working well. It's good to see some of these other folks uh, like Krasinski. Um, I, like I said, I didn't realize about um, Miley Cyrus, uh, but it's good to see them doing some of this kind of stuff too. I think it'll actually show us a little bit more of what they're, what they are really like, as opposed to uh-huh. the, um, um, the 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 persona that that they might otherwise portray. Yeah, I, I mean, one interesting thing is, of course, the loss of the studio audience means no laugh track. Right. You know, so some of those cues are are gone there, and some, and and they have no way for the jokes to know whether the jokes work because typically a late night talk show will have a uh, you know run through. And yes. they will, if nobody laughs at a joke, they throw it away and it's never air, you know, it's not in the, the live show. Um, but they don't, can't do that now. Right. So, you know, instead of coming up with 20 jokes, 
and only airing, you know, 12 uh, because, you know, the eight of them, they crossed off because they didn't get laughed during rehearsal. Um, now they just come up with 12 jokes and those are the 12 jokes. Right. And, you know, some of them may not be funny. And it's sometimes it's hard. I, I mean, there's a reason why there's a studio audience and the reason why there are laugh tracks. Right. right. Those cues, the social cues of, you know, laughing at something and kind of having, uh, you know, uh, it, this is, oh, this was supposed to be funny, you know, that, putting you in the mood to laugh by hearing other people laughing. And so it is interesting to see like what things that, uh, you know, sometimes if, if I'm not laughing at a joke when I'm watching one of these, at least I hear other people laughing. So mm-hmm. uh, I didn't find that funny. I hear other people laughing. It kind of sets the mood. But now if I don't laugh at a joke, there's nobody laughing right. at it. <laughs> so you could have like three or four bombs in a row. But right. I have to keep in mind, other people in other houses watching the show may be laughing at that. I don't know. One of the shows that I found, it was initially difficult to listen to because there was no laugh track, uh, there, because there was no studio audience actually, is of all things, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, mm-hmm. which is uh, it's an NPR radio show that uh, basically does topical quizzy type things with a couple of celebrities and, and current news events. And they, like I said, they have a studio audience and the studio audience laughs or they don't, or they groan or they whatever. Right. Um, and it's weird. And you can just sort of feel not only are uh, the panelists, there's the host and then at least you know, three panelists and an announcer, not only is it clear that they're not in the same room, so they don't necessarily have the same visual cues from one another, uh, but they just, they don't have, they don't have that feedback from the audience and it kind of feels a little awkward for a while until you, until you settle into the rhythm. And I think a lot of them are doing exactly that. A lot of them are getting used to this new way of presenting their material um, in, in an audience free context. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So, yeah. So there's, that's interesting. And, um, it's, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I think I like it, but I don't like it more than the regular shows. <laughs> like, you know, I can't wait till they, they are able to go back and it's right. be kind of a, a, just a bigger production kind of thing going on. Um, so, so yeah. Semi-related. Brave new um, yeah. I, you know, obviously, like I said, this is, this is like, the the streaming world's um, uh, you know amazing time. There's just so much going on right now, and I've already talked about how the internet's not breaking, which is kind of cool, and uh, all the streaming services seem to be working. I found at a site um, Digital Inspiration, although it's um, labnol.org, a list of tech courses that have gone free, and I will of course have the link in the show notes. But the point being there that. <clears throat> Not only are they able to find a list, there's a bunch of stuff that I'm sure isn't on the list. There are a lot of um, a lot of uh, universities, a lot of companies, a lot of organizations. Uh, YouTube is organizing some things that are just basically making it very, very easy for people to pick up um, valuable education while they're stuck in their home. And I find that, again, just a wonderful use of the technology, a wonderful way of coping with the, the, the time we, you know, the time we're all stuck at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Uh, I've seen lots of people doing that. Um, coincidentally, and it was a coincidence, my local library switched to Udemy for their 
uh, online course. So they, they were offering, I didn't know this, but they had like a some sort of educational thing and you could take out an online course like you take out a book. And strangely enough, April 1st was a switch over to using Udemy for that rather than whatever site they previously used it for. I don't think this was related at all to this, but of course it got a lot of attention here because it's like, oh, take an online course for free cool. using your library card. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's uh, something yeah. else to do. For, the, for those that are lucky enough to have extra time or unlucky enough, depending upon the exact situation, the situation you right, have extra right. time, because I certainly don't. <laughs> yeah, it's I funny. I, I was looking at some of these, um, uh, you know, you should, should read more books. You should take more courses. Yeah. You should learn more skills. You should do this, that, or the other thing. And I'm thinking, okay, well, yeah, that's nice, except that my life hasn't really changed that dramatically. It's not like right. there have been these big sections of time opened in my, in my day. I mean, I did in my, my personal blog, actually, that went out, I think, this morning or the day before, I did talk about, um, you know, this is an opportunity to learn. I mean, if you're going to be stuck uh, at home and you're not sure what to do with yourself and you do have an, you know, the opportunity, this is a wonderful, wonderful time to, um, to learn from it. You know, in my case, I've been playing some more with uh, live video. I've been playing with, I think I mentioned open broadcast uh, um, software last time, OBS, uh, you know, those kinds of things. Uh, you saw me uh, uh, before we recorded this podcast, I was asking some questions about routing audio on a Mac and how do I get at this to do this and that. Mm -hmm. Those are the kinds of things that I'm playing with, but they're not really that far afield from the kinds of things I play with on a normal day anyway. Um, and I'm sure, like, I, like you said, it's, it's not like you suddenly have hours extra in the day. And to be fair, a lot of parents, a lot of folks have less because they do have kids. And now all of a sudden, in addition to the jobs that they're supposed to be doing from home, they're supposed to be homeschooling their children. Well, not, well, not exactly homeschooling. I mean, there's at least, there's a, a, how do I want to put this? There's at least a shepherding role involved. Depending um, on the age. Yeah. Depending, well, right. Depending on the kids. Uh, but the, to say that the kids can be um, uh, do their online learning and not have it impact their parents is yeah. perhaps not quite accurate. <laughs> well, that's different than homeschooling though. I mean, homeschooling is like I understand. curriculum, yes. the books, the, you know, actual lectures and, I mean, it's much more involved than just. And I'm, sh I'm sure that depending on the, the school, the school district, whatever, you know, the, the, the reality ranges from, um, yep, you know, here's everything you need to do online. Let's just make sure that Zoom connects to, um, you know, true homeschooling because the school district that they happen to be at just wasn't prepared. Right. So, which actually um, segues to something else we were chatting about. Yeah, Very Zoom. briefly, Zoom itself. Now we continue to use Zoom, um, as as Madge would say, you're soaking in it. Um, the uh, uh, Zoom has come under. I, I want to say I, I'm going to avoid the word fire. It's come under scrutiny. For, oh, I know. I think I'll go as far as say it's come under fire. I. I, this is, I, I don't know. I've been ranting on this because I've been asked a few times about Zoom, and I've seen a few people post on my personal Facebook, you know, group right. of friends and stuff right, about right. Zoom. And it, as somebody who's very uh, security minded, and I teach people about security and, you know, what to avoid, what to do, what, you know, all this stuff, it really bugs me how much, 
I think un, unnecessary fire <laughs> Zoom has been under for things because, first of all, a lot of the a lot of the things that Zoom has been doing have either been um, not really related directly to Zoom. Like, for instance, the idea of you start a Zoom chat room or video chat and you don't assign a password to it. And then you're surprised when somebody can, else can enter the room without a password. Um, <laughs> you know, but that's any, any kind of system where you can have a public thing or a password protected thing, that's going right. to happen. Right. Um, the, there's other things as well that have been like that. Like, for instance, uh, you know, I saw on a list of, list of problems with Zoom, one of them is uh, some, there's some malware out there that they just basically relabeled as download Zoom. And you download it, and it's malware. Well, that's got nothing to do with Zoom. I mean, that kind of thing happens all the time. There's stuff out there. So download Microsoft Word, and it's not Word. You know, uh, so that's hardly could be said to be a problem with Zoom. Um, there have been other things out there that have been your typical. Here's a potential vulnerability, and then people go, "Oh, that's you know, they worst case scenario, this is bad or whatever," and. In fact, there is no exploit. And it, and what happens, of course, is it gets patched before there's ever an exploit. So it's your typical thing that you see in, in Mac OS and Windows and Android and everything all the time where there's a vulnerability and it's patched. But that's not the same as there being an exploit. Um, and there have been some other things as well. And what I've noticed as, some, as a, a security professional in some way, I'm kind of not exactly security professional, it's not my main thing, but it's part of what I do, um, is that when a company deals with things where there could be vulnerabilities and exploits, and that includes everybody from Apple to Microsoft to Intel to Facebook, everybody, you have to look at two things. First of all, you have to look at how honest they are about it. And second of all, you have to look at how quickly they patch things. And there certainly have been companies, usually not the tech companies, a lot of retailers and stuff, that have not been very honest. They'll hide things for months before patching them. Uh, they will then lie about, oh, we didn't know, and stuff like that. Um, so you want to look at honesty. And Zoom's been very open and honest every time. You right. know, They've never gone and said, no, 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 that's not. They've always said, yep, and then they come out with a patch. And their patches have been so fast, they make your head spin. Sometimes same day. Sometimes the next day. I mean, really fast stuff. And some of these fast patches haven't even been for serious things. Like for this password thing, they have updated their software to make it a lot harder to actually start a room without a password. Um, and they did that despite the fact that they could have just said, hey, if you want to start a room without a password, that's your own problem if somebody right. comes into it. Instead of taking that, they said, we're going to go and make it, you know, we're going to make it better. And they, and they came out with that fast. They could have put that off for weeks and said, our next major version is going to have that, you know, something better. They just, but instead they came out with the patch. Um, there was a vulnerability that somebody pointed out, not an exploit, but a vulnerability. They came out with a patch like really fast, despite the fact that I think that vulnerability was not disclosed in the proper way, which would, would have been to go to Zoom and tell them about it. Oh, right. And right. The, I think it was just yeah. thrown out there by somebody who was obviously a little spiteful maybe. And, and then the rest of their stuff is, I mean, it's been like that over and over again. I judge the software by that, uh, the honesty and the speed at which they patch. Um, and so this whole thing has actually made me feel more confident in using zoom than in, uh, you know, 
uh, not. So right. that's good. And there have been there's there there's a list of different things. I mean, some of it's like oh, in some cases the encryption isn't a, isn't two hundred fifty six. It's one twenty eight, and I'm not sure. I um, can't confirm that myself. Right. But, you the know. other thing that um, encryption related was that they were calling, um, they were misusing the phrase end-to-end encryption. Right, exactly. Um, and they also, there's this thing now of their security keys are generated by servers. Some of their servers are in China, right. as a lot of companies have servers in China. Mm-hmm. And so the idea thrown out there was, well, technically under Chinese law, the Chinese government can go and get those encryption keys. Right. Not that they have. Right. Not that the Chinese government cares what, you know, Isn't grandpa TikTok, and TikTok grandkid. TikTok facing the same thing? What, I mean, what was that? Yeah, TikTok, TikTok, yeah. Yeah, they're well, they, based in China, right? And, and yeah, and, and they, they adjusted their, if I remember correctly, they adjusted their thing. So basically it says, if you're in the U.S., you're not using the Chinese servers. Right. Like that's what TikTok Good. did. And I'm sure that's what, exactly what Zoom perhaps has already done. Uh, so, you know, the, but the idea is that, you know, like one of these, one of these articles I read, the headline was very much like, very like, oh, you shouldn't use Zoom. Right. Then the, as you begin to read the article, it gets tampered down. It makes you wonder if the same person wrote the headline that wrote the article. Um, and it's possibly about the not actually. Yeah. yeah quite and it talks not. about the specifics and then it even goes on to summarize at the end that the recommendation is for high security corporate things, you know, where you're dealing with like a board of directors meeting kind of deal mm-hmm. that maybe you should look for a high security kind of, uh, you know, video chat, but otherwise it's fine. What I think is, is an interesting, go ahead. No, no, uh, you know, which is like what I'm, I'm hearing people like afraid to actually log into their, you know, their class, like somebody like, you know, the Chinese want to find out what we're teaching in high school algebra <laughs> or, you know, or like they care about like, you know, grandpa reading the grandkid a story at night or, or you and me making this podcast, which the entire thing is going to be public as soon as we're done anyway. And we publish it. Well, except for the parts we edit out, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we're, we're too, way too lazy to edit that much out. <laughs> we actually, I think last week was our first edit. Uh, and, but that was due to a technical glitch, technical not due, glitch. due to yep. us yep. wanting to get anything we said, not on the, on the show. No. So um, uh, it's, it's funny because the, one of the early um, issues that people had with zoom was when it was discovered that uh, apparently on iOS, the zoom app uh, was sending some data back to Facebook. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't the Zoom app sending it back. It was what sounds like um, like a library or something, some, some, some support code that they were using that happened to do that as a side effect of using the support code. So it wasn't yeah. really even a design decision. It was just, oh, yeah, well, let's use this library. Um, exactly. And, and, of course, tons of other apps have the same issue. Well, and like, what's, fr- what's frustrating about it, from my perspective, is that people will get all up in arms about that, and yet they will happily, and I mean happily, surf the web from site to site that all have the Facebook tracking pixel installed, which is essentially the same thing, right? It's essentially telling Facebook where you've been. Well, whether it's probably or not, way worse. Whether or, not you've had a fa- whether or not you have a Facebook account. Right. I mean, it's, it's probably way worse. A lot of apps um, have that Facebook code in there. Right. And just because it's there doesn't mean there's that much information or, or any identifiable information being sent. 
So a while ago in a game I, I no longer have, I think, uh, an iOS game, I did install like a Facebook module because I wanted there to be a share button. I wanted you to be able to hit the share oh, button right. and send your yep. score, you yep. know? And so I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I don't really care now because the app's long gone, but does the, um, you know, did that have that tracking in there? Well, right. if it did, there was no way for the app to know who you were. It's not like you logged on to Facebook to play the game. Right. You only did that if you're going to actually share your score, which I'm telling you, like nobody did. So that's why one of the reasons why <laughs> that's not in there. But so, but on a on a web page, when you're going from you know place to place, oh yeah, to yeah, page, yeah. Facebook is watching you go from this site to you're that logged site, to in. This site to that site. You're not necessarily logged in. You don't even have to have a Facebook account, but it still can see quote unquote, where you're going. Well, but most um, people are. I mean, if you're yes. on your on a, on a PC or a Mac, right. you're usually you're logged into Facebook. You're not going to bother to log out, right? right. You just, you want to be able to hit that Facebook bookmark and immediately see your wall, right? But my so, point is simply that people don't get terribly upset about that. Whereas, like you were saying, there's all this furor about this accidental side effect, um, you know, in the, in the iOS version of the Zoom app. It's funny. Um, I read an article, I've got a, I thought it was in the Wall Street Journal. I'm looking at something equivalent in uh, the Washington Post. Um, I'll get links for those for the show notes. It's basically um, an edit, uh, um, um, an article, an interview with Eric Yuan, the uh, founder of Zoom. And mm-hmm. um, his, he, he says, yep, we made mistakes and we are working hard to fix them. Our focus is changing. And the change in the focus is a really interesting one. What, why does everybody love Zoom? Because it's easy to use, right? You send somebody a link and they click it. His claim is that they spent so much time focusing on making it easy to use that they perhaps weren't spending as much time paying attention to some of the security issues. And that's the change right now. They're looking into the, you know, they're, they're focusing way more on security and privacy. Now, will that come at a cost of ease of use? Unclear. Um, you know, if they force you to set up a password, well, that's another barrier. If they force you to have a, um, a waiting room, well, that's another barrier. But those are important barriers that people should be using if they want their things to, uh, uh, to be safe. Now, um, you know, you, when you set up today's Zoom call, you did that. I don't know if you did that intentionally to see how it would work or if it was a side effect of their new defaults. Right, but side we, effect of their new defaults. Really? Yep. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So there was a password on this Zoom call. So uh, nobody, you know, just knowing the call ID is not enough. Call IDs, I don't know if, if, Zoom, um, if Zoom bombers were guessing call IDs or if the call yeah. IDs were simply being law, um, uh, leaked somehow. Both. Both was happening. Um, but with the password, and that was a pretty meaty password. <laughs> I was looking at the that, link. That was, yeah, the default. Well, actually, that was, no, that was a hashed password. The actual password was much shorter if ah, I wanted okay. to just give it to you. So if I, ah. and, and it looked intentionally um, like, okay, if you want to tell somebody that because you're talking to them over the phone. Oh, right. I could see it here. It's it's a six digits. Okay. So it's okay. six, but, but, but it was in, a encrypted. Yeah. yeah. Significantly in, longer in the URL that you And the URL is much longer. And, Great. All I had to do was click on the URL, like always, and and all of a sudden I was taken to a waiting room, where uh, you then had to take an additional step to let me in, um, and you know those two things alone, right there, uh, that solves ninety nine point nine nine percent of these Zoom bombing cases and so many of these privacy issues. Um, 
and and as you pointed out, they made this change quickly. I mean, they're at peak usage right now, mm. <laughs> right? With all the all the calls going on, all the meetings going on. Uh, you know, I know that my wife's quilt class this evening is going to be held over a Zoom call. Um, it's crazy. So there, there's some risk involved that Zoom was willing to take in making changes on the fly while they were under such heavy use. But they did that. And it seems to have worked. And you're right. I tend to feel a little bit more secure uh, with their response than, um, than I did before. Well, plus, like you said, you know, the CEO talking like that, that's what you want to see. Yes. What you don't want to see is first weeks of silence and then a, <laughs> cra- a corporate crafted letter right. that obviously looked like it was written by 10 lawyers right, and a marketing person. <laughs> and, 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 you know, that's like, that's when you look at that, you're like, oh boy, you know, what a mess. But when instead it's the CEO just goes on with, for an, you know, an interview and talks about that, then that's, that's good. That should be applauded. We should be applauding rapid response, honesty, uh, you know, all that. And you know what, they're all probably working from home now too. Of course. You know, so they're rolling out these updates and these patches and they're probably not in as optimal work mode as they would like to be making these changes to. And you, you know, this feeling, I don't know. I'm sure you've done it. I've done it myself where you've got something that people are using. You're making uh-huh. a change to it while they're using it. And at some point there's a mouse click just one mouse click that makes it all happen. And you hesitate, you hesitate. You just sort of, okay, please let this work. (laughs) Please don't let it screw up. Um, And, you know, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But in this case, uh, you know, somewhere there was an engineer, you know, somewhere within Zoom who had the responsibility for that click. And uh, it seems to have worked. Yep. So anyway, that's our our four cents between the two of us. (laughs) Uh, let's see. So, you know, I, like I said earlier, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I didn't come up with anything super cool this week. How about well, I have something super cool. Super cool. make up for that. Okay. Yes. I don't know if this is happening in your neighborhood, but you know, there's these various things that go on at 8 PM now in the, in the pandemic stay at home world. Um, and depending upon where you are uh, at 8 PM, usually one of two things happen, either a lot, you hear a lot of people clapping or a lot of people howling and they both have different thing, you know, different reasons for being the clapping is usually to thank, uh, you know, healthcare workers, doctors, nurses, paramedics, everybody, you know, the whole hospital staff. And you typically hear those if you're, you know, closer to hospital, the idea is if everybody gets on their porches and their backyards, opens right. their windows and claps and cheers, uh, that it'll be loud enough that they can hear it. It's a sign of appreciation. Um, at the same time, other people started doing howling, which is much more of a just kind of like, okay, I've been alone all day. Now I'm sitting on my porch alone. You know, are there other, is everybody else doing this? You know, and so the idea is you howl and a howl is just great because it carries. That's right. the main thing with a howl, right? That's why some animals adapted it as a way to, to a signal. Um, so, you know, and so you howl and uh, you hear other people howling and you don't feel so alone anymore for a minute. Oh, that's now, hilarious. For whatever reason, our neighborhood in Denver or many neighborhoods surrounding have it much more adopted the howling than the clapping. But it's grown every night. And my wife and I have taken to 
uh, sitting out back. We go out back maybe 7.30, quarter to 8. And I'll bring a beverage, snack maybe, uh, and sit on our, in our nice backyard, which has been made a lot nicer since that's what I'm working on instead of taking walks or doing other exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, and at 8 o'clock, sure enough, all the howling starts. <laughs> and it's, it's fantastic. It's something we look forward to every day. People doing different things. And of course, the dogs join in. Of course. The interesting thing <laughs> is it's like the one thing your dog can really participate in. Dogs either, a lot of dogs barking, of course, at it. Right. And, other, and some dogs joining in with their own howls. Uh, and we have a lot of dogs in our neighborhood. And so for a few minutes, starting at 8 o'clock, there's howling, barking. On Friday and Saturday nights, somewhere in the distance, somebody starts DJing. <laughs> um, I, I did find out that there's a park near me and somebody said that it was somebody with a balcony facing that park. And I'm like, sure. yeah, that's about the right distance from the volume I'm hearing. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it's just this nice thing where even though you're, you're alone, my wife and I are just by ourselves like we are all day and sometimes our daughter with us, um, in the backyard, we suddenly feel connected to other people. That's very and cool. It's great. Have you been hearing any anything at eight o'clock? Nothing out here. Although I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to take a moment at eight tonight and step outside and see if I hear anything. Yeah. I, I, you remember last week we were talking about um, various instant messaging programs. I think it was anyway. Marco Polo came up, mm. and it's video chat. It's you know, it's it's kind of like text chat except you use your camera and microphone. So you record a little video, it gets sent to somebody else, they respond by recording a little video and get back to you in their in their own time, right? At their uh-huh. convenience. Uh, I got a message from Kay last night actually uh-huh. around 7. Uh, here apparently it's happening at 7. And he was he was on his porch, I think, outside of his home. And he was basically asking me if this was a thing up here. And in the background, you could hear clapping, noise making, yelling, all that kind of stuff. And he said, that's what's been happening around there. This is down in Portland um, in celebration of uh, the medical professionals, uh, you know, thanking them for their work. And uh, so, uh, so yes, it's hap- I can say for certain that it's happening in Portland because I've got proof through Marco Polo from Kay. But um, I'll have to pay attention here tonight and see what's going on. Now, I'm a little bit further away from a lot of folks. That I think you guys are, you, both you and Kay actually are in slightly higher density. Yeah, uh, or both urban. urban. So um, it'll be interesting to see if I hear anything. And especially around here, if I hear howling at 7 or 8 p.m., it could very well just be the neighborhood coyotes doing their thing, right? <laughs> they, they <laughs> or just, joining in, yeah. They just do it anyway. They've been doing this before it was cool. So anyway. Huh. Cool. The howling I hadn't heard about. That's that's actually pretty cool. I like that idea. Uh, let's see. So um, the article I'd like to point people at this week is, uh, can a pin be as secure as a password? One of the things that they did with uh, Windows 10 is they added the ability to log in with a pin uh, instead of uh, your uh, your account password. Now, account password is now almost rammed down your throat. It's your Microsoft account password rather than a, a, pa- a local machine account. So uh, it tends to be an account password that you want to be long and complex and difficult to type, which makes logging into Windows kind of painful. So they added this ability to log in with a PIN and I log in with a four digit PIN uh, to my Windows machines. And it seems like it would be incredibly 
uh, less secure. But as it turns out, that's not the case uh, for a variety of reasons. And in fact, in some scenarios, it's actually more secure. So I'll point you, point everybody at that one. Can a pin be as secure as a password at askleo.com? Yeah, interesting. I've got uh, just a, uh, I just found this funny. Apple came out with a new version of Pages last week. And um, in that version of Pages, one of the little new features no big deal to most people, but some people were thrilled, is having drop caps at the <laughs> beginning of a paragraph. Now, here's the thing. I had no idea they were coming out with a new version of Pages. Nobody really does, right? They just appear. And um, that morning, that very morning, I did. I was going to do two episodes to get a little ahead because they, they were on related topics. And one was on something in Pages. And the second episode I was going to do for future release was how to do drop caps before this. So it was basically creating a little text box, make, putting a big letter in it, right, right, right. You know, locking it to the paragraph so it'll flow with the paragraph. You know, all the steps, how to, how to get around the fact there was no drop caps feature. And what, living, I, with, living with the fact that the rest of the word is then forever marked as misspelled? Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I guess. I guess that would happen. But it, so then, I, so then I, I, just, I just didn't get to it. It was just like, oh, it was too close to lunch and I lunch and I just didn't get to it. And then they dropped this version of pages and one of the top features is drop caps. And I thought that's never happened, but I've never been that close. Sometimes I've done a video like a couple of weeks and then all of a sudden they, they do something that makes my video obsolete. Yeah. Right? That happens to me all the time. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, but <laughs> I've never actually first done it been the same day. And second, the fact that I didn't do the episode, that it was, it was literally like I had it all. Like I actually worked out how to do it. Here's the steps. Here's I'm going to show it. And it's like, no, I'm just going to, I'll do this tomorrow morning. I've got it all worked out. I'll do it tomorrow morning. And then they did this. And I was like, holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> how is that even possible that they, they did this here? So, of course, I did actually do an episode on how to do drop caps with the new drop caps feature. Excellent. And that uh, I put up rather quickly, so I'll link to that if you want to want to see it. Very cool. The um, if I'm not mistaken, Dropcaps has been in Word and probably Open Office for a while. So I'm kind of oh, surprised. Sure, yeah. I'm kind of surprised that um, uh, Pages took this long, but nonetheless, they did it. Yay! They did it. Got anything else for us this week? That's that's it. Just another week of of uh, social distancing, stay at home, pandemic world. Pandemic world. That's a really bad theme park. Pandemic <laughs> really world. Is. Come. Or actually don't come. Stay at home. Exactly. Stay at and home. Don't visit. Yeah, we have to stay <laughs> six feet away from the entrance. That's as close as you can get. <laughs> exactly. The show notes for this week are at tehpodcast.com slash teh93. Hey, do you have a comment or a question for us? By all means, hit us up on Facebook and Twitter at the TEH Podcast, or leave a comment on the show notes page. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear what uh, what thoughts you guys have. Thanks as always for listening, and we will see you here again next week. Take care, everyone. Bye bye. Bye.